This is Not True But Useful, a podcast from Cheek by Jowl. My name is Lucy Dawkins and I've been chatting to artistic directors Declan Donlan and Nick Ormerod about all they have discovered about life in theatre in four decades of making plays all over the world. In this episode, I sat down to talk to Declan about what makes for a good rehearsal room. Hello, Declan. Hello, Lucy. So today, let's talk about one of your favourite words in rehearsal, and that word is flow. What do you mean when you talk about flow? It's like what happens when you're with a good friend and you have a good evening. Between you, you have what I'd describe good flow. The the best people to talk about flow are, in fact, um, sports people, people who play in teams, football teams, etc. And when you watch one of those field sports, you, you enjoy them largely because of the flow. Like, it's terrible watching a football game if the ball keeps getting kicked into touch. But it's when there's good flow and and flow between the players. It kind of lifts your heart a bit. But it's like love, really, in a way. It's it's when you have a good flow with somebody. Quite what flow is, I I can't really explain, apart from that feeling of being close with somebody you know very, very well. You don't have to guard your comments and you don't have to second-guess things and you, you feel kind of sure of your ground. Flow is just unbelievably important. It's the stuff of life. There are many things in the world, like the Holy Spirit, if you believe in God, and also money, if you believe in capitalism, that <laughs> there's, um, you know, there are things in the world that don't seem to be connected, like the Holy Spirit and money. But in a way, they're both connected with flow, because although you can't see the Holy Spirit, you can see how it works, if you're a believer. Um, but although you can't see money, in fact, you can't actually see money. It's not even gold, it isn't anything, it's, it's a notion and it's an imaginative construct, but you can certainly see its effects when it's not there, and you see people starving or people waging war. Um, you see very much the consequences of it. So it's point to saying money doesn't exist. It, it exists only in flow, as does things like the spirit, you know, for people who, who, who believe in that. So during these podcasts, I've been trying to examine, really, with Nick, um, in a way, what we've been doing and see if there's anything that... I can share with people because I've always been very adamant that we have no process. But there are certain things that do underpin everything we've done right from the beginning. And I now realize that the way I begin rehearsals is to establish flow in the room. Now, what is flow? Well, it's easier, I think, to discover flow through movement rather than stillness. It's not that you can never have stillness, except, of course, no human being could ever possibly be ever totally still because inside we're, we're just composed in a way of movement. But flow is different. It's not just movement. It's to do with receiving something from outside you and giving something. So it's much more, it's much more relational between us and other people. You can have lots of people moving around the stage and there's no flow between them, or it could be relatively still, but there's fantastic flow between them. A scene, a good scene, depends on flow between the actors. I mean, flow actually un- underpins everything that we do, and it's incredibly precious, but it's invisible. Now, sometimes when people direct, they think, oh, goodness, you know, that those are great images. Where do you get those images from? And they think that to make a good piece of theatre, you need to plan good images. Maybe, and, and that's fine. But when I, when I started directing... Um, people often say, you know, when are you going to block the show? And blocking was, you know, the moves that you gave the actors, where they stood, where they sat, where they were. And I think blocking is really interesting because it's something that does actually impede flow. It's like flow is your enemy. But the the way that 
I've always worked with Nick, and Nick has always created sets, for example, that demand flow from the actors. So that it's not just they demand movement, they demand flow, and it's that the stage doesn't lock, and that you have a space in which the actors can experience this thing between each other, if the atmosphere is good. And it, there will be rules, you know, there will be rules, but there'll be rules to do with flow rather than actually being given a place. Like, Nick would never design a play and show me a, a kind of storyboard of images that um, he, he, he wanted us to achieve on stage. He'd never do anything like that. He would always be talking about the space, talking about the entrance and the exits, talking about the predicament of the characters, talking about all of those things that we've talked about. But it would be born in flow. And then amazingly, spectacle tends to arrive when you need it interestingly but like as if you've drawn it up beforehand but i think if you actually start with a set of stage pictures you're going to inhibit flow that's just my way of looking at it that's the way of working that we've worked out so the, the huge thing is to stimulate flow and and to stop things being blocked so it's a living thing flow it's to do with receiving something from outside you and giving something so it's much more it's much more relational between us and other people. So would you say that flow is about the natural two-way give and take between all of the people on stage? It's not just about the person who's got the line. It's like everybody who's there on stage is part of a living, breathing organism that's making that live event happen on stage. And everyone's doing it together. Everyone's participating. Not only that, Lucy, it's almost like you mustn't think about it because you think about flow too much, you'll actually arrest it. It's connected with words like instinct flow. So I think it's something that we naturally have. It's the way that we look after each other. It's absolutely connected to attention. So when I start to work on a play, my first task is to establish flow in the room because it's off the back of that flow that the whole thing's going to happen. And we often do that through dancing or singing or some movement exercises. We do all sorts of things, things that they do together that might enable flow to take place. You can't make flow. It kind of happens naturally between human beings, but we can sure as hell block it. And if we get very frightened, of course, we block that flow between each other. And I, I just think it's interesting to think about it. Of course, if you do think about it, if you do talk about it too much, we'll absolutely kill it. Be like, you know, being on a date with somebody and saying, Oh gosh, we're really getting on well together, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. It's like the quickest way to ruin an evening is to point out that you're having a wonderful evening. I know, I know. Well it was before you said that. Or I think we're having such a good time, I'll just take a quick photo of us all. <laughs> Come on, Declan, smile. I was smiling. <laughs> Before, before you drew attention to the fact that we were having a good time. Um, people are so grateful to be in a situation of flow with people. We deny it to ourselves so much. Things, stuff tends to deny it. We get cluttered up with stuff that we kind of, I think, we're kind of quite naturally attentive, quite naturally generous. We quite naturally look after each other. It's the thinking that buggers it up. Um, very often in me, I think. Anyway, it's not for me to talk about things in general. I'm just talking about what may be useful, not true. But the, at the start of rehearsal, there's terrible flow in the room. There's just terrible flow in the room, and normally. And that's because yeah, everyone's bloody terrified. And then you, but there's nothing to be terrified of. But we sort of are on the whole. If you walk into a room full of strangers, of course you feel anxious. I feel exposed. I don't know what to say. I don't know. And there's sort of no flow. And denying flow is, is really 
actually it's quite violent in its effect, I think. But it's one of those silent killers, like the removal of attention. But the removal of flow from the space is actually very violent and it ta- it requires give and take. And I've noticed you do that in the first few days of rehearsals with the new company, that it's often about taking things away, taking away some of those barriers to flow. Yes. So, you know, you take away the pressure of having to build a character or summon emotions from inside yourself or analyse the text too much and you just focus everybody's cameras on everything that's outside them. Exactly, so that you're in flow. Because if we're not in flow, we're incredibly lonely. And and that's why I hate doctrines of cool, because the essence of cool is to be needless and actually not to need flow because I have, I'm self-nourishing. I'm a little samovar. I can boil myself. And, you know, actually, we, we, we do require to be in flow or we die, actually. But flow isn't just between people. And that's the interesting thing. Flow is also in your own body, inside yourself. You have to be, in a way, in good flow with yourself. And it's hard to understand that. And I'm sure there are all sorts of techniques that people have evolved um, to help themselves to be in good flow. I have to be in good flow with myself. Otherwise, I can't be in good flow with other people. And, of course, you do see that in real life when people have got a bad connection with themselves or a faulty connection. I suppose none of us has a perfect connection with ourselves, but it's good to be in quite good connection with yourself so that you can be in good connection with other people. But flow more than connection. It's, the, it's a kind of thing that evolves out of connection. Um, and it isn't the same thing as movement at all. I often feel that watching you work with actors is like encouraging them to turn their surveillance cameras off. Yes. To stop analysing and instead just do. Yes, the surveillance cameras are the worst thing. And it's having surveillance cameras on you that's the worst thing. And I'm afraid, you know, people often say, can we come and observe rehearsals? And I say, well, no, um, I'm afraid you can't because um, you'll you'll change the room. But no, I'll be very quiet. Now, I'll sit in a corner and just take notes and you think well that that does change the space if if somebody's there is evaluating what's happening it's it, you're, you're not a neutral thing and um you know everybody who's in the room changes it and that's another thing like in the space everybody's included you're in flow with everybody else in the room i find this particular piece of advice really useful as a young director because you have to be so attentive about the ecosystem and the working environment that you are creating in your rehearsal room. The job's not only about coming up with creative ideas and helping an actor with their craft, but also creating the right biosphere, the right conditions for life in which all of those things can happen and in which everyone can feel nurtured in the job that they do. And you can think about that really practically. It's everything from how you set the room up, whether you sit behind a desk or not, how rehearsals run, how you introduce exercises, who you let into the room, when and why and how and how that's communicated to everybody else. And actually all of those things have a direct impact on the flow of the room. Of course, and the biosphere, as you call it quite eloquently, is actually what comes first. I mean, it's, it's within, the, it's with, that allows us to exist like the planet, you know, while we still have one, and, you know, the, the, the climate, while we still have one, um, it, it allows us to exist. It's not our servant. <laughs> it, it permits us to exist. And so if you, you need to make that... It gets called very often a good atmosphere in the room, but that's okay. But a good atmosphere can sometimes get a bit hysterical. And just because you're in hysterical communication with each other, like screaming with laughter all the time, doesn't necessarily mean you're in good flow. And just because you're all sad at the same time doesn't mean you're not in good flow. So it's got nothing to do with jollity. Um, it's to do with, I mean, yes, you do laugh. It's not, I'm not, <laughs> not banning that, Jesus. But I'm saying that um, 
one has to be attentive, really, to the fact that there's good flow. And then wonderful, wonderful things can happen. And you, and within that, you transcend yourself. You don't need to know that much because it's amazing how much you know that you don't know you know. And if you make the right atmosphere, it's extraordinary what comes out of that room. And you think, who did that? And then you think, oh, I did. No, you think, no actually, I didn't do it. We did it. for listening to this bonus episode of Not True But Useful. Head on over to the Cheek by Jowl website to find past series of this podcast and an archive of clips and images of Cheek by Jowl productions spanning four decades. The music you're hearing now was composed by Sergei Chekrashov for Cheek by Jowl's production of Three Sisters. <laughs>